Good evening and welcome to Speaking Soccer Part 2. My name's Nathan Ashburn, I'm the host for tonight and I'm joined here by my co-host. I'm going to pass him over. I'm Gus Fidler, co-host of Speaking Soccer. Today we're going to be talking about some of the stuff that's gone on in the Premier League this weekend and other good talking points. We've got another guy in the studio here to come and talk over some of the issues with us. He's a very special guest of ours, someone who we really respect and uh, he's made a very long journey to be able to join us here in the studio today. Please introduce yourself. Uh, thanks guys, um, my name is Roy King, I've come from Ireland to talk with the guys today about the points over the weekend in the Premier League, yeah, so I'll pass you back to Nathan there. Alright, okay, so first game I'd like to touch base on is um, Aston Villa versus Brighton. I think first of all it's a very good game for a neutral to be watching. Um, is what the Premier League is all about, high competitiveness between two not necessarily top teams, but definitely two that can pull a win out of bag against the top six team. Um, I think for me, one of the biggest points of the game was the offside goal. It was a close call. You know, VAR helped to call the decision. Um, and then also, just like how well Aston Villa managed to pull it out the bag towards the end of the game, quality finish to make it 2-1 and win the game. Gus, what were your thoughts on the offside goal and what did you think about the performance overall? I thought, like you said, Nath, it was a really good game and good to see from two lower-level teams uh, providing that sort of entertainment for fans, you know, that's going to bring more people in and just help bring their clubs up and, you know, they're doing well with the table being fairly tight at the moment, being the beginning of the Prem. It's, uh, it's good to see, along with, you know, young prospects like Grealish, Englishman, yeah. showing that he's improved over the couple of years he's now gone into the Prem and out of the Prem and back into the Prem and he's he's already shown he's become yeah. a much better player you know so all of these things are positives uh, that we can come from yeah 100% Grealish's last campaign in the Premier League he had somewhere around just over 30 appearances where he had scored one goal and one assist and he's already done better than that in nine appearances in this campaign in the Premier League so he's someone that's doing really well. Um, and then moving on from the Aston Villa game, unless there's anything you wanted to add, Roy? No. Nothing you wanted to add for that one. Um, we're going to move on to Man United-Liverpool. And not only is this a quality fixture to be talking about, but this is the main reason why we've flown over our special guest from Athlone Town in Ireland. Um, so can you give us a brief summary of what you thought about Liverpool versus Man United today? Um... Obviously, going into the game, wasn't very optimistic. Yeah. Because of the way the season had gone for both clubs, Liverpool yeah. being unbeaten mm-hmm. and on an 18 win streak. United haven't won in two games this season. We're sitting in 14th place, so it's not a good place to be in. Yeah. But from the start of the game, they they seem to be on the front foot. Liverpool didn't show up, but like they usually did. I think Salah not being in the squad was a big. Yeah, definitely. A big uh, game. Ch- yeah, so. Other players like Firmino and uh, Mane had to step up, but they didn't really hit the heights they have done this season. Yeah, but uh, right. now, all in all, it's a result that United would take if you were to offer it before the game. So I think the, the yeah. disappointing part about that is obviously Man United did so well uh, scoring that goal. Um, when you look at the performance as a whole, how do you feel from a fan's perspective conceding and not seeing the game out for them last few minutes? Uh, it's disappointing. I know before the game, you'd say, like you say, you take it, but the way the game went and the time we conceded was 85 minutes with five minutes to go. Yeah. 
So it's uh it's disappointing because you do expect more for, like Man United are doing bad right now, but their players are of a high top, level. Top so top like players, yeah. it's some of the most expensive players in the market. Yeah. So when you look at it, the results aren't good enough. So when you definitely have a game in your in the back pocket and then you let it go in the last five minutes to especially against a team like Liverpool yeah, lost yeah. In 18 this, games. and it's a silly mistake it's an experienced player at the back that shouldn't be doing what he's doing yeah. stepping up at the wrong time mm-hmm. it's just it's same it's repeating itself over and over again yeah. so it's it's frustrating but what do you think about the handball incident with Mane you think this handball rule should stay the way it is the way if it touches a hand regardless whether it's on purpose or not, it should be allowed. You know, obviously that's a massive turning point in the game. Um, the handball, I don't like the rule personally because it favours the defender. Because yeah. if the defender handballs it in that situation, it's not a free or it's not it's not, it's not taken back. Right. So, yeah. uh, it's either has to be one or the other. It's either the same rule for both or it's yeah. it's. But yeah, like, exactly. in that situation, it hit man his knee and then hit his arm, so it did stop the change the direction of the ball. So it should be a free out. But then again. If the defender does it, it should be a penalty, but that wouldn't be the case. VAR wouldn't be called back. But, but if that was in the middle of the field, yeah, it's not called back. Yeah, yeah, um, but and another thing I want to touch on just while we've got you here, um, obviously as we were speaking earlier, we were talking about Man United. Is it uh, nine points they've had this season? Yeah, ten after today. Yeah, ten points after today. So ten obviously after. that's just that's just not good enough for Man United, is it? Where do you think the season will see them? Do you think they'll? Managed to pick it up before Christmas. Hopefully, they, they should do. I think today will be a big boost for them, especially missing Pogba and yeah. one or two other players like Martial coming back. Um, De Gea is back fit, and then Luke Shaw as well. Who these players that had yeah. a good start to the season were the reason why we had a few wins at the start. So, hopefully, them coming back will uh, kick started again. Yeah, let's hope it's a turning so. point. I thought Martial looked sharp when he came on. Yeah, let's hopefully he keeps going. Yeah. And then on other so, uh, aspects, we could talk about how City are doing, you know, Man United rivals and uh, big competitors to Liverpool in the race. You know, Liverpool being eight points clear pretty early on, which is a massive lead. You know, City being a team that's won the Prem twice in the last three years, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, broke the records for the most goals in one season, most points in one season. Probably seen as one of the best teams in the world at the moment and how... They've already got two losses underneath their belt. Yeah. Eight points down, you know. It's dropped to six after today. Dropped to six points down, yeah, because Liverpool dropped to Man United. And then, uh, you know, they had another good performance today against a lower-level side of Palace. So what do you think of that? Well, obviously, being a Crystal Palace fan, I see that as a slight dig. I'm not happy about that one. <laughs> um but no, I can't take any credit away from Manchester City. Absolutely quality side, fantastic coaching. Um, I've watched the behind-the-scenes footage of what goes on, and it's just uh, a quality club. I think, for me, as a fan, looking from Crystal Palace's point of view, it's disappointing to concede two goals within 90 seconds, which then, as a result, we lose 2-0. Because if we switched on for two minutes, we could have easily seen that game out and picked up a, a massive point. Um and the next run of games, we, we're we playing against the top six teams for the next, next few games. So it's going to be some very hard fixtures. Um, and when we're not favourable to pick up any more points from that. And what about your strikers? You know, going forward, you've got the likes of Zaha, who's a high-rated player. Yeah. But it's had a lot of uh, talks about him moving and then nothing kind of went through and he 
doesn't really look like he's happy or sort of yeah. wanting to be there you know like he looks a bit unbothered about winning or losing yeah. and then you've got the same the likes of like Ben Teco who's been there for like three years now and has probably scored about three goals mm-hmm. and he's just signed a new contract yeah it's disappointing you know? um, obviously just quickly touching base on Zaha uh, our guest Roy here he made a transfer move when was it 2015 would you say Oh, yeah. 2014 he was a last signing under Alex Ferguson um, unfortunately things didn't go well for Zaha there but as we were speaking earlier on in the studio we believed that Wilf would be a perfect fit for Manchester United right now yeah especially with the problems that we had not having English talent coming through that's the transfer uh, mentality now to bring in young English players that are yeah. hungry to play for the club instead of going for these big marquee signings foreign players Mm-hmm. Who aren't proven in the Premier League, so I thought they got rid of Wolf too early. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of shown over the last few years, but it's just down to poor management and poor decisions at the board. But the situation at Palace, it seems to be a case where he feels like he's bigger than the club right now. Yeah, I can um, agree with that. But clubs are going to look at that and think, well, if he wants a bigger move away from whoever he's going to go to, because I think Arsenal would be a good fit for him right now, because mm-hmm. he got positions where he could fill in. And he brings something that they don't have isn't a bit of creativity in the back in the front line. That would work well with Aubameyang and Lacazette. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I think being an Arsenal fan, he's the sort of player I've always said I think would be good for the club. Brings a lot of positive aspects going forward. And with a couple of the boys, we've just signed like Pepe, you know, like skillful players. I think not only would he get along with these boys really well, but I think he'd enjoy playing for the club. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're doing pretty well as a team as well in the Prem pretty much in, well we've got a game tomorrow but if we win against Sheffield which hopefully should be a win yeah. put us back up in third mm-hmm. you know not too far behind City and that which is which is good for us because we've struggled a couple of last years you know new manager all that stuff so what do you think some of the score predictions could be for tomorrow um, I'm not too sure I, I think it's very likely for Arsenal to win if I was to put a bet on I would definitely bet for Arsenal to win um, but we've got a couple of crazy fixtures coming up soon uh, I can't wait to be home for Boxing Day especially with yeah. uh, what was it 10 hours 10 hours, Ten hours of solo football yeah, yeah. that's mm. going to be quality mm. um, but one thing which surprises me is just the switch of roles really I know exactly how Roy feels and Roy knows how I feel with Crystal Palace being sick yeah. <laughs> and Man United now being towards the bottom of the table. I'm not being the switch. I was being six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, There's a lot of other stuff going on outside of the Premier League as well. Like for instance, here in this city, we got Atlanta United, big team here, big reputation. Last year's winners of the uh, what's it? What's the tournament called? MLS playoffs. MLS playoffs. Yeah, where they go into that? They've gone in as a second seeding to. Mm-hmm. Uh, New York yeah. City or something like that yeah. yeah and they've just played the first round and beat New England 1-0 yeah. and uh, ended up into the semi-finals who they'll go against uh, Philadelphia I know they're a bit of a lower level team they're not as much of a big name as these other teams like New York or Toronto or even LA Galaxy you know with the likes of Ibrahimovic moving mm-hmm. over there so you think they've got a good chance to take home the double Well. Definitely, I think Atlanta United they they're almost the equivalent, the American equivalent of uh, how Manchester City are in England. They're a powerhouse. 
They've got uh, very fast, dynamic forwards. I think they're just overall solid team, built with really good fan base. They get a lot of fans every week. Um, beautiful stadium, quality facilities. And I'd like to think within the future they could make a couple big signings which would give America the, the recognition they deserve. You know, if we get one or two good signings from the Premier League or Spanish leagues or or just somewhere that makes uh, yeah. people open up their eyes and, and realise how good it, the football, soccer, is becoming over here in America. Yeah, it just takes one of the younger players to make the move the other way. Because yeah. right now you see players in their 20s, early 20s going from the MLS to the Premier League or to Spain. Just take someone in their twenties to go the opposite way for thirty, forty million. Yeah. To open people's eyes instead of players going at thirty five, thirty six. Yeah. So yeah. that's the people are seeing it early now mm-hmm. that it is rising, that is somewhere where you can make a career out of where it was the opposite where players are going to end their careers. Yeah. Like definitely. to Beckham, Ibrahimovic. Yeah. PM, and, so. and I think the closest America have got to this boundary at the moment is through Pulisic. Yeah. But yeah. obviously uh he hasn't come directly yeah. from MLS. But it's it's on you the right path. Gone to yeah, Amaron's gone to Newcastle. And He's done. I can well. see Martinez moving somewhere, somewhere uh, big in the Prem. Yeah, so. yeah, definitely. I think he's next up on the list. Um, but obviously, cutting time short today. We're finished here with the Speaking Soccer podcast number two. I'd like to sign out, and I'll pass you over to my co-host Gus Fidler. We'll be back again next week to cover more games going on in the Prem and. Hopefully keep you updated with MLS and their run in the playoffs. Signing off, Gus Fiddler. All right, thank you guys for having me on the podcast. Uh, It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you very much, Roy. Cheers.